Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 68. This is going to be a lot of number talk. I think uh, if you're if you're taking a long road trip, you might want to maybe wait and listen to this later because it's going to be it's going to be a lot of numbers. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, but we are going to be talking. Gotta, about I'm going to roll the windows so. down. You know, this is this is the part of the podcast where Ket's going to like everybody put on your thinking caps. Ket's going to like put on like the lab coat and wheel out the chalkboard. We're going to get, yep, it's get, gonna get a little bit of a abacus. deep dive. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting topic. We're going to talk about the impenetrable armor trait, as we all know. That's the that's the PVP trait, right? That's the the trait that reduces uh, critical damage taken. And Davis, basically, as long as you and I've been playing this game, the conventional wisdom has been: if you're playing PVP, use impen. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, and for the longest time, it was seven impen. You get your seven impen, and then here recently, yeah. it was kind of like, all right, you can you can you know when they introduce the. Uh, the default impin, your built-in impin, it was kind of like, all right, maybe you can drop to three or four pieces, but it's right, still, right. it's still always been impin, and then what else? Yeah, just not. When was it? A year or so ago, we got um, critical resistance added to our characters' base stats. Plus, uh, at that same time, the impenetrable trait was nerfed pretty considerably. So, kind of on two fronts, uh, impin has less value than it did before. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people recently have this conversation. They're basically reevaluating if they even think MPEN is worth using at all in their builds. And, and a lot of people are even concluding that it's maybe one of the worst traits that you can use in a PvP build, mm. which sounds crazy when you hear that. Uh, but these are people I've known for a long time. I don't yeah. think they're just making up nonsense. Good players. Yeah. So I figure there's got to be something to it. So... I decided I needed to do some research for myself and draw my own conclusions. Uh, and so that's the plan. That's what we're going to do here today. We're going to talk our way through this thing. Uh, and hopefully by the end of it, we'll have a, a better idea of where we stand with MPEN. Chalkboard, get your chalk ready. I got my All thinking right. cap on. This is the time for the listeners to put on the thinking caps. Thinking caps on. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I think um, is important to understand is that Critical resistance works differently from uh, other sources of or other types of resistance. Um, it's not reducing damage as it's coming in. Uh, it's reducing your attacker's critical damage modifier directly. So what that means is, so we all have this 1320 base critical resistance, which uh, translates to 20% critical mitigation. So if we're being attacked by someone with 50% uh, crit damage, then our 20% crit mitigation gets subtracted from their 50% crit damage and they're left with 30% crit damage. Mm -hmm. So that's the default. In PvP, by default, basically, when you crit, you're dealing 30% additional damage, not 50%. Right. If we add 7 MPEN to the equation, if all 7 of your armor pieces are impenetrable, then that's going to give you a little over an additional 13% crit mitigation. So stacked on top of your base 20%, you have 33% total crit mitigation now. So now your attacker's 50% crit damage is going to be reduced down to 17% crit damage. And I think if we stop right there and just look at those numbers, mm -hmm. that looks kind of impressive, actually. You know, 30% crit damage with no MPEN or 17% 
with all mpen that seems pretty nice that seems like yeah maybe i'm gonna use mpen but let's put some numbers through the meat grinder here see what comes out the other end and, and see how we feel about it then i think um the best way to wrap our minds around this thing is to do a good old-fashioned hypothetical scenario you know these are my favorite the good old-fashioned cat hypo yeah the cat hypo <laughs> So in this hypothetical scenario, let's suppose that you're going up against an enemy who has the standard base 50% crit damage, um, and then we're going to be playing on a character that has 20k resistance. Not critical resistance, but just regular resistance. Um, so that's going to give you about 30% damage mitigation. Um, and then when we factor that in with Battle Spirit, the way that math works out basically is that we're going to have about a 65% total damage mitigation. So when we get targeted with an attack, we're going to be taking 35% of that tooltip as actual damage. So a, so a 10k attack becomes 3,500 damage. Yeah. And so that's basically, that's how we're kind of arriving at a lot of these numbers here. Um, so let's take that 10k tooltip attack and um, let's suppose that it critically strikes, right? So Theoretically, before any kind of mitigation of any kind is factored in, a 10k tooltip is going to crit for 15,000. Mm -hmm. um, but we have 20% base critical resistance, so that 10k tooltip is only going to crit for 30% more damage, not 50%, so that's a 13,000 crit. And then that number goes through Battle Spirit and our armor and ends up hitting for 4,550 after that mitigation. Mm-hmm. If we add 7 mpen to the equation, so now we have 33% um, uh, crit mitigation, so that 10k attack now crits for 17% more, so 11,700, then gets mitigated down to 4,095. So that's 4,095 with all mpen versus 4,550 with no mpen. It's a difference of 455 damage, which is exactly 10%. Uh, and I think that's the way to kind of think about MPEN, or that's the way I've been thinking about it anyway, yeah. is if you have all seven pieces, then you're getting 10% additional mitigation against critical strikes. I mean, that's that's the hard-hitting number that really reveals what MPEN is right now. Is, is, is There it is right there, a 455 damage difference, which is very, very minimal. Yeah, from a from an attack that has a 10k tooltip, you know that's a yeah. pretty hard hitting ability. Exactly. Uh, and when that crits, seven mpen is going to shave 455 damage off of that. And and that's the key word right there too. Is it only when it crits? So this has to. Yeah. We're already talking. This now has to be a critical hit for that even to matter. Yeah, you're already getting. You're already honing in on on, on <laughs> what I'm. Sorry, I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. <laughs> no, I, cool, I apologize. Cool. I apologize. Uh. So let's up the ante a little bit. We're going to double that tooltip. So uh, now we're going to be targeted with a 20k tooltip, which uh, theoretically would crit for 30,000. After mitigation and everything else, that's going to end up hitting us for 9,100 with no mpen and 8,190 with all mpen, which is a difference of 910. Uh, again, exactly a 10% difference. And again, right there, I'm still not sold on MPEN, right? For, from a, a 20k tooltip attack, when it crits, 7 MPEN is taking 910 damage off of that. It's not enough. Still seems pretty small. 
Let's do one more example. This was basically the most extreme example I could think of because I, I was like determined to like <laughs> make a scenario where M-Pen is worth it. <laughs> M-Pen was on a life raft and you just hit it with a missile. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, doing, I'm giving it the best possible chance I can here. Um, so let's suppose we're getting ganked by Nightblade. Uh, Nightblades typically have uh, 60% crit damage and they're, uh, the, the combo is going to consist of a heavy attack, a Kalurian's Legacy proc, end cap, uh, a Merciless Bow proc, and an Execute. And they're going to be light attack weaving throughout, and their uh, weapon glyph is going to fire at least once. Uh, so all of that added up, I'm going to ballpark 80,000 total damage without crits. Mm-hmm. Let's suppose that they are the world's luckiest Nightblade, and every <laughs> single one of those attacks crits. All right, so if they all crit, uh, which is unlikely, but I, I guess it could happen, um, that's 128,000 total damage that now has to get mitigated. Um, so according to my calculations, and I like quadruple checked these, and I'm pretty sure it's all <laughs> accurate, <laughs> uh, 128,000 damage is going to get mitigated down to 39,200 with no MPEN and 35,560 with all MPEN. Uh, a difference of 3640 uh, again 10% um i think when we're getting into these numbers here it kind of sort of starts to look like mpen is maybe doing something for me 3600 damage that could be the difference between me surviving or not if all of these attacks crit which is yeah. not likely see that's that's where i looked at it differently i looked at this really thinking bg you know we're we're really big. We're very similar on on the stats we run on our our characters in PvP, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. like to run, you know, around thirty thousand health. Sometimes right. a little bit higher depending on the build, but that's kind of our our minimum threshold. And that's really where it stood out to me that it was kind of the it, you know it, it was already Impin was already kind of sunk, but this was kind of the finisher of it. Is looking at this and having a dedicated seven M pin on all of my traits, that this hit is still going to finish me no matter what. And wearing yeah. seven M pin is not going to save me with this with this essential Nightblade gank. It's I'm still finished from it, and it's a very minimal difference. Plus, like you said, they all have to crit. How many attacks are we talking here? Uh, several. Yeah. yeah, and every single one of those has to crit. They'd have to be running, you know, just insane crit, and they'd have to be extremely lucky on top of that. And it's and I'm still not going to be saved with running that seven impin. Yeah, that's that's if all of those attacks crit, and I think more importantly than that, that's if all of those attacks land, if they actually hit you with all of those yeah, attacks. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think, really, if that's what's happening, if, if they're able to pull off that entire combo on you, then I think there's probably a problem there. You're probably out of stamina and not able to block or dodge uh, or break free or whatever you got to do to avoid that combo because you shouldn't just be standing there letting them pull off that entire <laughs> With, combo. And you're not blocking any of it. <laughs> right, right. You're just like <laughs> AFK or something, you know. <laughs> so you're probably out of stamina if they're pulling that entire combo off on you. And if that's the case, then almost certainly well-fitted or sturdy or even divines is going to be helping you out a lot more because... Those traits are going to ensure that you have the resources you need to react and respond and do what you got to do to survive. You know, and if you have well fitted, if you can do a roll dodge and avoid most of the damage, you know, uh, like almost 100% of the damage, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's way better than trying to rely on MPEN to save you. Yeah. I'll even go back to the last one where it was a, a 20K tooltip. Um, and the and the seven in pin made a nine hundred and ten difference. It's extremely easy to just have a hot that's going to heal you probably for more than the nine hundred and ten, mm-hmm. and then you can just have your traits being something much more beneficial. I mean, nine hundred ten difference is so. There's a multitude of hots out there that you could have up that would help that would help you on on every hit coming in, not even just crit hits. Absolutely. So that is kind of where I'm at on in pin is like. The only situations I can see where it's actually giving me kind of sort of a a real benefit are these like extreme situations, right? And I'm not likely to encounter those situations very often, if ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I do, almost certainly another trait is going to help me out a lot more than MPEN would even so, you know. Uh, And unless I'm in an extreme situation like that, then I'm probably not even going to notice that MPEN is there or not. I mean, go back to the to the 10k uh example you know that gets mitigated to 4550 with no mpen or 4095 with all mpen mm. if i look at my recap i'm all i'm going to see is i got hit with a 4k attack in both cases right you know yeah so i think you know my conclusion is kind of in line with a lot of these conversations i've been seeing lately which is mpen not such a great trait I think one another thing, another very important thing to consider is that uh, Malakath Band of Brutality is still very popular. I would estimate probably half of the players out there are still using it, uh, even after it's been nerfed. Uh, and and the other half of players typically have pretty low crit rates. You know, if we're being extremely generous, we can we can say the players who aren't using Malakath, let's say they have a forty percent crit rate. That's very generous. Um, yeah. So, but let's just say that they do. So that means half of the enemies you come across, 40% of their attacks, which would be 20% of all attacks, um, you're getting 10% damage mitigation against those attacks. And if you average that out, 10% damage mitigation, 20% of the time, that's an average of 2% overall damage mitigation. You do a battleground, if you could somehow look at just the damage that MPEN was saving you from, it's going to be 2% of all the damage that you mitigated that, that match. Nothing. Yeah, hardly anything. Now, <laughs> Sadly, nothing. Now, MPEN isn't really about like average overall mitigation. It's really about those those moments of those big sure. crit spikes that it's supposed to save you from. But as you can see, in the most extreme example I could think of, it's still barely doing anything, especially when you consider what well-fitted or sturdy or something else would be doing for you. You know, yeah. it's pretty small. And that's that's the part that stands out to me is it, it's supposed to save you from that crazy hard hit that they land and, and get the luck of the crit. And it just... It doesn't seem like it's enough to even save you in those situations. Yeah. It's not reducing it enough to actually save you. That's what but I was hoping for. I was hoping for that example to be like, that should be like the scenario that the MPEN yeah. really shines in, you know, but it still doesn't really. Yeah. You know, if it saved me from 10,000 damage in that attack, I could maybe be like, okay, all right, that'll save me from those ganks. I died to ganks some like quite a bit, actually. Sure. So that would be nice. Yeah, but, it's popular right now. Uh, but I don't think that's worth it at all. So I just want to compare it to some of the other traits. Um, I think one good comparison to make is the uh, reinforced trait, which is pretty neglected. You know, I think a lot of people use it on like a heavy chest piece. That's pretty popular to do, but otherwise not a lot of people are using reinforced. But I think it actually offers quite a bit more value than MPEN. Um, If you're wearing seven reinforced, it depends on the type of armor you're wearing, but it's going to be somewhere around four to five percent. Uh, damage mitigation that's being added directly to your armor. 
Um, so you could look at it as 5% damage mitigation. That's like equivalent to minor protection, except this is better than minor protection because it's being applied uh, directly to your armor. So in the damage mitigation formula, it's being factored in earlier, so it's being applied to a larger number. Uh, so you're, you're getting more out of it than you would from minor protection. So that's kind of how I think of reinforced is like kind of like minor protection, but better. It's kind of wild to think that when I think reinforced, I I mean, I just feel like my brain's been trained to think, uh, okay, uh, a tank in PVE are the only people that use that trait. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. And it still is offering not much value, I don't think, but it's kind of, it's similar to Mpen in that they're both kind of quote unquote dumb traits, like they're passive. You don't, they don't require you to do anything. You can just stand there and receive damage and they'll do their thing, right? Whereas well-fitted, mm -hmm. sturdy, other traits, they require something from you, right? Yeah. Um, so I just think it's a good comparison for that, for that reason. Um, and also reinforced, you know, you're getting four to 5% damage mitigation, whether your attacker is wearing Malakath or not, whether they're critting or not, you know, you're getting that all the time. That's the huge part right there is it's all attacks, not just crit attacks, but all, all its incoming attacks. Yeah. Well-fitted is my favorite trait. Uh, if you wear seven pieces well-fitted, you get 42% cost reduction to your roll dodge and sprint. I mean, that number right there just blows blows me away. That, that is amazing. You know, we're talking about 10% damage mitigation against 20% of the, the attacks you receive, or I can roll dodge 42% more times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is, that especially calls out to you because you, you love roll dodge. You love yeah. your roly-poly. And I love sprinting too. I love being fast, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so All just having 42% more of that, if you're wearing well-fitted, you're probably wearing medium armor too. So if you have seven medium, that's a total of 70% cost reduction to your roll mm -hmm. dodge. If you happen to be an orc, that would be a total of 54% cost reduction to your sprint. Most of my stamina tunes are both. They're both orcs and wearing medium armor. So they get both of those. Uh, and those are just astronomical numbers. Like my, my Stamplar, uh, she's an orc right now. She's only wearing um, four well-fitted and she can literally sprint infinitely. She does. She hardly loses any stamina at all while she's sprinting. Um, so it's an incredibly good trait. You know, we talk about that Nightblade uh, gank example. You know, in that example, if, if I'm on one of my Stam tunes with well-fitted, as soon as I take that first heavy attack, I'm not taking any more damage after yeah, that. Yeah, you're you know, out that's of there. The, that's the only attack they're going to pull off on me. Uh, and I, I, I never run out of stamina. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's an incredibly, incredibly powerful trait. Well, and the, the sprint reduction is huge because for me personally, when I think of the sprint reduction, I think of, you know, when you're running to a fight in a battleground and you, in, in, if you're, you know, depending on which map it is, sometimes you'll be half, you half your stamina bar by the time you get there. If you're trying to sprint there to get there quick, or if, you know, if it's the start of a match and you're running to kind of where the starting fight is. Yeah. Uh, to have that that cost reduction to your stamina and to actually go into the fight with that much more of your stamina bar, you know, 42% more stamina, uh, that's huge. That that changes the whole dynamic of that first fight. What's up, Dr. Professor? Thank you for joining us, man. Good to see you. Um, yeah, and a, and a lot of the times it matches just... Um, it's just a very fast paced match. You know, even when you're not like running to get to the fight, you're just having to reposition a lot. You're just sprinting a lot just to yeah. line of sight and, and, and get where you need to be and stuff. And 
um, you know, just having, what was it, uh, a 54% more capacity to sprint around, that's that's just incredible. Well, that's on an orc. I don't know, I don't know on, what that life's like. <laughs> well, yeah, on an orc. On an orc, yes. Uh, uh, 42% for everyone else, which is still great. Um, the sturdy trait is also an incredibly powerful trait. If you're wearing seven pieces sturdy, that's 28%. Uh, cost reduction to your block. Block is the most powerful form of damage mitigation. The way block works is, you know, the damage gets mitigated through your crit resistance, battle spirit, your regular resistance, anything else. Uh, and then that final number, block just comes in and cuts it in half one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so 28% um, cost reduction of that is going to be very beneficial, you know, especially considering that if you're wearing sturdy, you're probably using a sword and shield. Um, so total with those passives combined, that's a total of 64% cost reduction to block. Uh, so if you ever see those perma perma block builds that just hold the block button and never, ever die, uh, there's a clue to how, how they're doing that. So well-fitted and sturdy, I would say are probably the two best traits. Divines, I would say divines is kind of the new MPEN in my mind. That's like the default trait. If you don't know what other trait to use and you're not sure kind of what your build's going to be or whatever. You're not for sure what your defensive strategy is going to be. I think you can never go wrong with divines. Yeah. So, uh, divines will give you, if you're wearing seven divines, that'll give you 63%, uh, boost to your moon to stone. Um, and I think especially if you're using uh, a recovery Mundus, those are kind of particularly potent Mundus stones. Um, then, then especially divines is a great trait to use. Uh, I think almost all my magic attunes are using divines. And like I said, I think this is the new default trait to use. And that's pretty nice, like for people who do a lot of PVE and they just kind of want to maybe mid-year mayhem rolls around and they just want to take their PVE tunes into into some battlegrounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to worry too much about the not having the right traits, you know, like put on some, some different food, switch up your skill bars a little bit, and you're probably in good shape, you know, like... Like in that situation, having seven divines and seven impen, I think you'll find your survivability your survivability is better with the divines. Yeah, well, I think that even speaks on to it, it seemingly back when impen was king. You know, you you have to have seven impen. That was the only way to go into a battleground. Mm-hmm. It was, it was you have that or you are going to die a lot in the battleground. That's just kind of the way it was. Is that. You, had your, you either had all seven impen or you were going to kind of be a, a weak spot for the team. Whereas this new kind of change where impen has gone way down, now kind of the bottom of the list, uh, it kind of allows traits to be not as important, just in the sense that, yeah. you know, if you if you don't have all your traits on a build figured out yet, it's not going to hurt you as much as seemingly as it used to in the past. I know a number of very good players that, are just kind of lazy with their builds and they don't even, it's just like whatever drops they get or whatever like cheap pieces they can find on guild traders. They'll just throw a build together and it's fine. You know, they'll make it work. Um, and it, it is weird to kind of be in that state where you kind of can just not worry about it if you don't want to, but also it is an incredibly powerful thing if you do want to yeah. use those traits to dial your build in. That's the most disappointing part about all this to me is that we've run impin so long. So I have a lot of builds with impin. Yeah, and not near the transmute crystals to fix it. Uh, my OCD is going a little insane, <laughs> knowing that those <laughs> all need to be changed now. Yeah, I'm in the exact same situation. I'm not going to be in a big hurry. I'm just going to kind of, as I go forward, just slowly but surely, I'll, I'll phase it out. But it's actually pretty exciting to me because 
you know, well fitted is a way more exciting trait for me than than M Pen. You know, uh, it's it's going to enable me to have more fun with my characters and play them the mm-hmm. way that I like to. So that's that's going to be cool. It's a much it's it's going to give you a stat that's much more recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, Infuse is another decent trait, especially if you're wearing it on the big pieces, chest, legs, and head. Um, if you're doing that and you're wearing tri-stat glyphs on those pieces, then Infuse is going to give you about an extra 1,000 max stat points to play around with. So that's not really too shabby at all. Love love my three Infuse pieces. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> um, so I would say Infuse is maybe near the bottom of the list of like what traits to use. But like if you just need those stats, uh, it's it's totally a great trait. I would say better than Impen. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems uh, like everything is, right? Yeah, I mean, everything except Nurnhoned and Invigorating. I would say Nurnhoned and Invigorating, you know... Well, training, but that one's Yeah, a training, just, yeah. Uh, invigorating, I mean, you're getting a little recovery from that. I think, I think it totals to like 70 of all three recoveries. It's a pretty small amount, but I don't know, maybe even that's more valuable than Impen, honestly. Ugh, Nurnhone is basically just a weaker version of Reinforced. I honestly don't understand why it exists. Uh, I, I really don't get it. It's because it, you have to use an expensive crafting material to use it, and it's incredibly weak. So yeah. I don't get it. It's really the Nurnhone. only time I've ever seen it effective is on a weapon, which is... Yeah, on weapons, it's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But on, on armor, I don't, I don't understand sense. it. So... Some popular trait setups that a lot of people do, uh, like I said earlier, it's pretty common for people to use like one heavy chest piece with the reinforced trait and then all the rest of the six pieces, maybe like six well-fitted, six divine, six th- uh, sturdy, um, something like that is pretty common. Uh, you could also just go all seven well-fitted, seven divine, seven sturdy. That yeah. would be totally great. Uh, three infused with uh, with the other four being you know, one of those other traits uh, is totally great. That's my um, that's my setup right there. I love running the three infused, three infused to get the stats up, and then yeah. those other four, four well fitted is probably going to be the go to. But I could see in some of my Magicka characters running three infused, four divines. Yeah, three infused, four divines. I think is a is a really good way to go for Mag- Magicka tunes. Certainly, uh, even like three infused, four sturdy. If you want those uh, max stats and some extra yep. uh, ability to block, you know that could be very good. Well, here's the thing, too, is that well-fitted's even great on a Magicka character, because on a Magicka character, you're still sprinting around, and it's great to have mm-hmm. that stamina. So, oh, yeah. you know, well-fitted is not just a stamina trait. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to talk about my Magplar after a while, but uh, that that's actually the one character I have updated and gotten his M-Pen away, uh, and I, I swapped those M-Pen pieces out for well-fitted, and it's awesome. So he's doing uh, four well-fitted, three divines, and I'm really liking that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's the M-Pen talk. I think we got through it. I think at least we've concluded we're probably going to start moving away from M-Pen. And uh, anyway, I'd like to hear from listeners and see what you guys think. Scrollingpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com if you have any other insights or questions or anything else uh, about M-Pen or critical resistance or anything else. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. You can you can take those thinking caps off, you know. Loosen that strap. Ooh, Kick man. back, relax. <laughs> it's oh, good man. now. <laughs> it's over. Thank goodness. That was rough. I had to think. It was bad. <laughs> As usual, I've been playing a ton of Battlegrounds and really more than usual lately because I honestly haven't had this kind of enthusiasm for Battlegrounds. 
I was thinking about it. I think it was since before Malakath was introduced to the game was the last time that I was like hitting these numbers, huh? Yeah, honestly, like you think about it, Malakath was was introduced last year, and then we had a straight year of just like a totally toxic proc stacking meta. Uh, also we had issues where like we couldn't group up for the queue or we couldn't select deathmatch for our game type, you know, just like there were all these factors that were just making battlegrounds really not a lot of fun. Um, and finally now, right now, this patch, things are in a pretty fantastic spot, even better than they were before Malakath, I think. Um, and so seriously, I've just been spending all of my free time just queuing up over and over and over again. Uh, because I'm trying to soak it up while it lasts, you know, you know, it might just be this one patch. This might be all we get, you know, <laughs> who knows what's coming on. Next? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause, uh, the Blackwood patch was pretty great. And then, you know, you know what happened Oof. the patch after that. Oh yeah. You know, so sure do. Don't take it for granted get in there while you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the solo queue is really where the magic is happening. This patch, there is something about like the types of builds people are are taking into those matches it's just making for this really perfect mix of just the right amount of group support just the right amount of damage just the right amount of effort that it takes to kill somebody you know like you can you can go in there with a character that maybe requires a little bit of group support and you can probably count on there being some support there that uh, that's going to help you uh, get through that match. Uh, but at the same time, there's not like so much healing going on that it's just like totally impossible to kill people. It's like it's just like right there where it needs to be. Uh, I, we we've been using the phrase uh, the sweet spot a lot here lately, so I, I'm kind of <laughs> reluctant to say that. But it really is just in that sweet spot where it it's just every single match is a good time. Seriously, every match is a good time in the solo queue. So yeah, I think that's a symptom of players building that way with like damage and support kind of all yeah. in one. Uh, and the fact that the the environmental volatility is really low. That's always something I kind of try to keep a pulse on is like, how difficult is it to stay alive when you're not being focused? Yeah. The one knock, and I agree with you, the solo queue, it really is great right now. It's kind of, it's a good, it's a good place. The one knock I would have is is probably... Nightblades and yeah, the Nightblades really again, you know, on the other team or on your team, it kind of throws things. There's a lot of Nightblades. There are a lot of Nightblades, and and even the Sorks to a degree. Just you know, the Mag Sorks to a degree is that (laughs) they are Mag Sorks. Oh goodness! If if I was getting paid for every time I've getting Sorked, I'd be a wealthy man. Doctor Professor saying, "Careful about the night blades." <laughs> he doesn't like us talking about bad about night blades. I mean, night blades are they're doing really, they're really doing well, great. but they're just frustrating to to fight against, and they are frustrating to have on your team as well. Certainly, well, and that, it's very biased because I my my character list right now for battlegrounds is not in a great spot because I I do think Magicka range is probably the place where you want to be right now. Yeah. Uh, or at least some sort of range. And <laughs> I guess because I'm a glutton for punishment, I have all my characters are up front in your face. Even yeah. my Magicka ones are up front in your face. And so and if you're a Nord, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's by the Nord way. And so, um, you know, the the Nightblade in, in, in the Magsork range is, uh, is a struggle for me personally. So I'm very biased in that. But... Uh, uh, and so even, you know, talking about Nightblades, even when they're on your team, they're doing fantastic. But when I'm up front in the face, you know, usually it's causing me to get a little outnumbered or, you know, I'm going a lot of 2v1s, 3v1s and things like that. And so 
Um, maybe I just need to adapt. I, I haven't adapted <laughs> yet. <laughs> I've also been doing a fair number of pre-mades here lately, which is something I haven't really done a lot of in, in quite a while. Um, but I, you know, kind of, again, BGs are in a place where I feel like I'm kind of in the mood to do some pre-mades. I want to get sweaty, you know, in the previous meta, the solo queue was way too sweaty already. I didn't want to jump in the pre-made queue at all, you know, but now I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I'm having fun with it and it's cool. Um, quick shout out to our friends, uncle Sam, CPU scientist and Vernzy. We had a, a, a little four squad going last week and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we stumbled upon a really awesome uh, group composition that we were just having a blast with. So it was uh, me and CPU on uh, two Magplars. Um, Vernzy was on a Magic of Dragon Knight, and uh, Uncle Sam was on a Magsork. So all three of us were mag builds. Uh, all three had damage and heals. So we didn't have any one central healer. We were kind of all doing everything. Just feeding off each other. Yeah, and... It worked really well because so we had Vernzy with the mag DK and he was kind of leading the charge with like the really big damage. And I'm talking like he was probably doing a solid third of the total group's damage. Uh, he really had huge damage and he really brought the intimidation factor as well because he would come out of the gate super duper hot, get right up in the enemy faces as quickly as he could and just be like hyper aggressive, like right away. <laughs> So he's just like letting them know like, hey, you guys better be ready to bring it because we're bringing it right now. And then me and CPU on our Magplars, we're backing them up with the AOE pressure with our uh, Crescent Sweep Ultimate and our jabs. Um, so between the three of us, we can kind of get those health bars really low. Uh, and then we have Sam in the back just pelting them with these one-shot executes. And just we were racking up the kills, man. It was a really, really fun group comp. Um, and it's really cool because since we all heal... You know, you, you can't focus the healer. So there was this one match where we were up against this uh, one pretty good team where they had kind of a more typical group comp where there was like one strong healer uh, and three strong damage dealers. And okay. we figured out, of course, pretty early on that if we take out the healer, we can we can kind of wipe out the rest pretty easily. Um, and so we were doing that and we were having great success with that. Sam was getting those executes and, and everything was, was going great. And... That team, the other team, they couldn't use that same strategy on us, right? Because we don't have one single healer. We're, we're all healing, so that doesn't work on us. But it took them about half the match, but eventually they figured out that the the way for them to strategize against us was to focus our executioner, Sam, the Magsork. Because uh, without him, we can't get those executes. We can just get those health bars low, and then he has to finish them for us. Um, so they shifted to just focusing him super duper hard for the rest of the match. Uh, and he was so preoccupied with just trying to keep himself alive that he was, he was no longer able to do his job on our team. And <laughs> our kill counts came to a screeching halt oh, no. at that moment. And we ended up winning, but it was just barely. And I think if they had figured that strategy out earlier, they probably would have won. You know, it took them just a little too long, but I thought that was really interesting though, because we had two very different group compositions and we had to take two different strategies to kind of be effective against each other. We had to target their healer. They had to target our executioner. And that was just, that was a cool thing. Sam was not enjoying that at all. I got to tell you, he was like, oh my God, they will not <laughs> stop focusing me. I can't do anything. I'm sorry. You guys are just a three man squad because I can't do anything. Uh, being focused is tough. That's a tough, that's a tough thing to deal with for yeah. sure. 
And it was really, I think it was really specifically like one of their players. He just made it his job to just stay on Sam the entire time. Um, but yeah, miraculously, we still won. But yeah, that was that was funny and, and, and actually really cool. I, I thought it was interesting, those two differing strategies like that. Um, and it's just funny, like again, Sam, because... I think he still had like a 28 kill count or something like that. You know, he, he, he gets these incredibly great numbers, but even so, like after the match is over, he's always like, guys, can we go back to the solo queue? Like I'm, t- I'm tired of pre-raids, even though he's like by far the best kill death ratio on the map. Yeah. I mean, I, that's my thing is that honestly, I actually prefer pre-raids right now, but like yeah. I said, I think it just depends is, you know, as I said, all my characters are up front in the melee you know, in your face. And so I always prefer pre-mades because usually it means that I, I know that we have, uh, you know, some sort of dedicated support or at least strong support. Uh-huh. And so it kind of, it kind of lets me play my builds, uh, a little bit more, um, you know, hardcore, if you will, so that I, I can actually play them knowing that I kind of have that backup, um, I, I prefer the pre-mades. You know, I love playing with, with people, you know, I think it's a lot of fun, but you know, we've talked about this and, and we're going to throw, we're going to throw our new favorite line in there, the sweet spot. I do <laughs> think the duo queue is the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about that. Duos are fun. Yeah. You really get in some matches, you know, you, you get to be teamed up with some people where you know maybe you have a good team, maybe you have a bad team. Um, usually it seems like you get paired up with a lot of other you know, duo queue people. Whereas um, it can be fun, but when you four stack and you, you group as a, as a team of four, man, that's uh, you be sometimes, ready. Oh boy. Those yeah. are the matches where you're probably going to be going up against other four stack teams. And those are the, <laughs> those are the BG professionals. Yeah, those, those... those people are, they love it. They've got a planned strategized team. Well, and a lot of times, a lot of those groups have a kind of a group leader where they basically theory craft the entire group. Yeah. Like they, they pick everyone's build for for them, you know, and they're, they're very optimized. And whereas we usually just kind of have our builds are basically solo builds a lot of the time and they just kind of happen to work well together a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Other than, you know, I have that, a couple of healers that's different, but. Yeah. And that's kind of what's so great about the duo queue is that usually when me and you duo queue, we, we have a pretty good strategy of. Uh, really, when you do a queue with anybody, it's you're going to have somebody that has, has damage and somebody that has support. Maybe it's two partial support builds, partial damage, or maybe one kind of heavy damage, one uh, heavy support, or even one that's heavy damage and then even a hybrid build that at least has some support. That just you know that the two builds can kind of feed off each other a little bit. Or you're going to go two stam sorks. Or you're going to go two <laughs> stam sorks and you're going to torque sork it, and yeah. it's a lot of fun there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Two self-sufficient stamps works. That that is a super fun time too. Yeah. Um. So for that pre-made squad, like I said, I was playing on a Magplar, and it's just it's honestly the same Magplar build I've been playing in the solo queue. Um, it's Butch Mahoney is his name. Um, Heartland Conqueror, War Maiden, uh, with a sharpened lightning staff on the front bar. Uh, Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. Ring of the Wild Hunt and uh, One Piece Vulcan Scoria. Um, I updated the traits, so now he's doing uh, four well-fitted, three divines. It's a light armor build. Um, he's very, very speedy. Uh, he's an orc. A while back, I changed his race to orc, so he has that sprint speed and that sprint cost reduction, plus the four well-fitted and wild hunt. 
Man, I'm telling you, playing a speedy Magplar is that's the way to go. It just feels right. <laughs> like like that wild hunt plus being an orc plus I have a race against time and the toppling charge and gap closer like all those things combined it you feel like you're flying I, it honestly feels like more mobile and more like flighty than playing uh, a mag sork to me honestly so I'm really liking it uh, the Heart- heartland obviously is a fantastic set it pairs perfectly with war maiden war maiden actually is a little bit more damage than spinner I did a lot of testing with that uh, I was using spinner for a while but uh, I went back to war maiden uh, and then with Heartland, I basically still have Spinner, right? Because it's a sharpened staff, yeah. and Heartland doubles that. Um, so, bar for sure. Yep. Um, so it works great. That's a fantastic build. It's really just a very simple, like nothing fancy build, but it's just it's just right. It works so perfectly well. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's one of my favorite builds to run with you. Is is exactly like you said. Is is that build just can it can bring everything? You know, if if I'm running, you know, one of my characters up front in your face. I know that that character can can throw the heels like it is a heavy. It can be a heavy support, um, but at the same time, you know you're still having fun because you can turn it on and go full offense whenever you need. And he's more than capable offense. That's your million million build where it's it it's it's very common for that build to get the million damage, million heals because it, it really can kind of cover all all areas. Yeah, like uh, that, that sweaty match I was talking about just a minute ago, I'm pretty sure he got like 1.5 million damage and 1.4 million heals in that match. And that's with everyone in the rest of my group also healing. That's 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 your mag, that's your mag player. That's the Butch's, uh, uh, his internal fight. Is, is he going to have more damage or more heals? Which one's going to win there? He just competes with himself. Yeah. <laughs> So on the topic of Templars, Davius, you were telling me last night that there's been some updates to uh, the need for Mead, your Stamplar. By the way, this is that's my favorite of your names of your characters, the need for Mead. I think it's just it's just the perfect possible name for this character. <laughs> the need for Mead. I love it. The Nord Stamplar. Uh, well, that's funny you say that because I'm going to talk on that for a bit. But yes, so... You know, like the like the genius I am, I decided, all right, if I'm going to put a new build together, I'm going to pick the one that we ranked uh, 10 out of 12 on our BG report. That's the one <laughs> to go all in on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, honestly, it's funny that you talk about the name. Uh, it is one of my personally favorite names. It's got to be my top three. Um, but... I I logged into this character. I was just moving gear around because I'm I'm at that point. I'm sure anybody that has multiple characters knows this. My bank's full with gear, and so I throw gear on certain characters. And so when I move around, I have to log into the character to move it around to the bank. And so I just logged into this character to just kind of move some gear around. And I logged in, and of course I was hanging out in East March. But I immediately, like in the first 30 seconds, got a whisper compliment about the name. <laughs> like somebody whispered me and complimented the name and they're like, oh man, that's, that's, I don't even remember what the whisper was, but it was like, great name. Like one of the, you know, love that, love that name for a Nord. Uh-huh. And so I really, I really just kind of sat there for a minute. I was like, man, I've got to do, I've got to do this character more justice. Like it's, it's been up on the shelf. Uh, I you know, I haven't really had a build for it. I haven't really played it a whole lot. And so I was like, all right, like I got a compliment on the name, like, Maybe I'll try throwing a build together. So uh, I threw a build together, hopped into BG. Right as before the BG started, the I get a I get another compliment on the name, 
like in you wow. know those couple <laughs> seconds and so i was like all right like i'm sold i've got to go all in on new this. favorite like, character yeah i mean come on like two name compliments that davis quick. is like, a stamplar main now there guys. we go stamplar main it's <laughs> happening it fits in line with with all my other <laughs> nord named characters is that they're essentially all like titles like they're all nord related titles if you will this one in particular, though, it's just too perfect because oh. it's very like Nord specific, the, like yep. Nord's drink mead. But it's also it's a play on the phrase need for speed. And speed oh, yeah. is a very big part of this character's like the way they play. So. so it's just all too perfect. Swift wild hunt. You better believe it. Uh-huh. It's all about the speed. Um, so, yeah. So I uh, I and, you know, I like the setup that I have where all my characters and I, I think I've talked to you about this in the past, but I, I've kind of set up all my characters where they all do have these these title-like names. And this was originally, you know, I'll go back. Uh, I played, you know, Elder Scrolls 3, 4, 5, you know, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim. I played all the games. And when I played those, I, from the very first one I played, I made the same character in every single game. And that was Davia Starjumper. Mm-hmm. And then every game I played, I just made him older and I just continued the character on. I would just recreate him, make him older, and just kind of continued playing the games. And so when I started ESO, the first character I made was Davia Starjumper, and I made him even older, which now I guess was wrong considering this game's kind of a prequel, and so it doesn't really make sense. He's a but, time traveler. You know, yeah, Davius has been all over the place. He's been around the block, okay? He's jumping stars. He's jumping <laughs> he's, time, He's too. jumping stars. He's jumping time. And so it works. And so I, when I made Davius, I made him like as old as I possibly could. He's blind. You know, we always joke he's, he's the old blind healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my head, it's kind of been this fun internal game with my characters is that all these other characters' names are just titles. And so I look at them as just different parts of the Davius Starjumper character's life. Oh, okay. Every single title is just a different part of his life I... that he lived. Okay. And that was his that was kind of the title that best described him at that point in time. I see. You know, I never knew that is this like a recent kind of conception you've come up with or has this always it's, been It's always been that way. Okay. I never knew. Did a full new look for him. The look is um, pretty sick. <laughs> pretty great I'm, I mean, that's the most important, right? That's the most important part. Absolutely. Is, is it makes you play better. Look. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly, you know, we joke about that, but it really is. I the, how I choose which character I log in. Really, a look is a part of which character I decide to look in. Like I will sure. go through the looks, and whichever look I'm liking the most, that's the one I'm probably going to log in with first. That's why I log in with Butch so much. There you go. <laughs> He's a good looking dude. He's <laughs> a good looking guy. <laughs> uh, so uh, just to go into the build, it's 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 nothing crazy, uh, but the build is five piece deadly strike. Uh, five piece Dagon's Dominion, uh, the Wild Hunt, of course, you know, need for mead. Uh, one piece trainee, and then I do the back band, uh, the back bar Vatistran two hander. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, you know what it does, and, and it's pretty similar. You know, you can relate to this with old Betsy and your Stamplar. Uh, really, what those sets do is it just, it really just lets those jabs hit really hard. Yep. You know, the it's deadly all strike. Jabs. Yeah, uh, Dagon's Dominion. You know, that one gives the, uh, it's a 475 weapon damage buff to area effect abilities. So mm. basically your jabs. And, uh, and your and Crescent the, Sweep Ultimate too, you're using that? Yes. Yeah, yes, I yeah, do yeah, use nice. the Crescent Sweep Ultimate, which, you know, we had a chat, we had a really good chat on the Discord. Gosh, An I don't extremely know good Ultimate. 
which was a week ago or so, we were kind of yeah. just talking about that. And, and really that chat's kind of what led me to, to choosing it. And man, it is a fantastic ultimate for the cost and the damage it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic ultimate. Um, so I even like the fact that it doesn't stun. I've talked, I've talked about that before, yeah. but the fact that it doesn't stun to me is a good thing because you can hit them with it, then stun them afterwards. And it's like, they've taken two ticks of damage before they even start reacting. It's, it's actually, it's really nice. And it's so cheap. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's it works out really well. It lets you control when you want to throw the stun on them. And the fact that you can do jabs with that ultimate and, and the low cost, you can, you know, you almost always have it available. And the ability to do the jabs, light attack, and the ultimate, and to throw that into somebody and control when you want to throw that stun on them is yeah. extremely effective. It, it really can, it gives you a lot of control on how you want to throw your burst into uh, an enemy player. I've been all about that here lately, like giving them my burst and then stunning them afterwards. It's it's yep. a it's a really great way to go. Yeah, yeah, and that's been a huge part of the success of this character. Uh, and you know, Deadly Strike it has been nerfed here lately, but still really great. You know, still really great on a Templar. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. I'm for still jabs. using it on on Betsy. It still it still works really well. It's still the um, best option, really. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a huge buff to that ability, and and that. You know, that ability is so huge with the AOE capability and the high damage. Um, it re- it works out really well. The tooltip on this character, it's got a 4K jabs, which, you know, I'm okay. sure you can relate to jab. You know, old Betsy's might be even higher than that. but um, A little bit, but not much. Uh, it You know, it's it's fantastic. And that Vatishran two-hander, back bar, uh, when that thing gets cranking, you know, it those jabs start hitting really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've really kind of enjoyed um you know it is a stamplar so it's a stamina character um but i've kind of set up my back bar to be very i don't want to say magicka based but <laughs> almost magicka based in the sense that i do have breath of life on my back bar and uh-huh. i also have the templar uh heal ultimate on the back bar mm-hmm. um, which i've kind of been turned off of here lately um you know, just because it keeps you standing in place. And, and we've talked about on healing characters, you know, it, it, it's not great to stand in place, but I've really found a home for that ability on this stamina character, because to be able to do those strong heals on a stamina character yeah. with, with group support uh, is really rare. And so I've really, really liked it uh, as my back bar alt on this. And I actually use it quite a bit um, just for team support. So, you know, having breath of life, uh, and that, you know, and vigor, uh, plus the extended ritual, that back bar can really be a pretty, uh, pretty defensive heal focused, uh, back bar for a stamina character. And so I've really, really liked it. It's nice that because, uh, Stamplars, they have the Magicka to spare too, you know, they don't really have a, yeah, a strong exactly. drain exactly. on their Magicka pool. So you can kind of do that. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, this is actually the character that, you know, I've been, you know, we joked before we... Uh, before the podcast here, I've really been doing a lot of battlegrounds these past two days, but uh, this is the one that I've really been doing most of my matches with, and um, you know, it's it's been feeling really good. And and we talked about this on the battleground port. Yeah, we ranked the you know the the Stamplar ten out of twelve, but you know we stressed how important it was that that all of those rankings, especially this most recent you know BG report. They're very, very close that, you know, even number 10 on the on the list of 12, you can get really good results on. 
Uh, and that's that's kind of what I've been running into with this Stamplar build is that uh, in the solo queue and the group queue, um, I've been really happy with the results uh, that I've been getting in, in, in BGs. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone's having a good time right now. I mean, Magblade was dead last on that list, and I've been playing with my Magblade a fair <laughs> amount recently and yeah, having a pretty exactly. good time. You know? Yeah, exactly. So the old knee for me, uh, it's up and running, and I'm really enjoying the build, so... Uh, I feel like I'm doing the name justice. You know, you get two name compliments in like a matter of like <laughs> six minutes. But uh, yeah, need for me. Love the new look. Love the new build. Uh, having a lot of fun with the uh, with the Stamplar right now. Nice, dude. Yeah, Stamplar's fun. I, I still log on with Betsy a fair amount. And uh, yeah, it feels great. The other build I want to talk about is one I haven't talked about in a while, which is my Magicka Necromancer Despair. Um, I was... I had plans for this build for the Deadlands patch, and then they buffed the charge trait. They they doubled it, and that kind of changed my plans because I was going to use Heartland Conqueror, but then with charge being doubled, I feel like Heartland kind of loses quite a bit of value on that bar. So yeah, I've just been kind of waiting on this build and just kind of waiting for just something to sort of come to me. And then just a few days ago, I was looking at my character select screen and just trying to decide who to log on with, and I... And I ended up clicking on Despair here, and I was like, you know, let's try to make something happen with Despair. So I logged in, and she already has the uh, Ken Marcher's Cruelty set on her jewelry and the front bar, and that's a that's a charged Frost Staff. Um, and then she she still had the the Healing Mage set in her inventory from an old build that I that I used a while back. Um, so I just put that set back on her body just because I I wanted to just play with this character, and that's just a set that I had it's functional enough. Um, so that's basically what the build is. It's uh, five pieces mending, aka healing mage, uh, five pieces kin marcher uh, on the jewelry and uh, charged frost staff on the front bar, maelstrom resto on the back bar. Um, and I have written down here two pieces mighty chudan, but it's actually two pieces earth gore that I've switched to now. And uh, so I put my armor buff back on. Um, it's a really great build. It's working really well. The Kin Marcher's Cruelty uh, is an incredibly strong set. I, I can really tell a difference in having that equipped. Uh, I'm yeah. starting to learn the visual indicators of like uh, like what debuffs uh, are happening and stuff like that, so I can kind of tell when it's doing things. Having two major debuffs active at a time, which is what Kin Marcher essentially gives you, is just on, on everyone who's near, on every enemy who's near you, you know, um, it's just incredibly powerful. And one of those debuffs that uh, Kid Marcher gives you is um, Major Cowardice, which reduces your uh, enemy's uh, weapon and spell damage. Uh, and then the Healing Mage set, what it does is when, when you cast an AoE uh, heal, it gives all nearby enemies minor cowardice. So you, you get both of those stacked on top of each other a lot of the time whenever that, you know, whenever that procs on Kid Marcher. And what's nice about um, the Cowardice debuff... Uh, Yet another shout out to Uncle Sam, because he kind of pointed this out to me. But um, Major Cowardice is maybe the strongest debuff that you can give to someone, because it's reducing their uh, weapon and spell damage. Um, it's reducing their um, their base damage, their pre-buffed damage. So uh, Major Cowardice will reduce your, um, your enemy's weapon and spell damage by 430. That's 430 wow. pre-buffed damage. So, you know, if they have major sorcery, increases your spell damage by 20%. You know, your 
you're you're removing the base damage, so you're effectively re removing whatever that twenty percent would be giving it as well. You know, so you're actually taking away more than the stated value. And, yeah, that's pretty huge. And weapon and spell damage affects their healing and damage. You know, so you're you're debuffing them in both ways by quite a bit. And if you have a healing mage on them as well. You know, you're really weakening them a lot, and and not to mention, Ken Marcher is going to have a whole other major debuff on them as well. This is this is Uncle Sam's new favorite build. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's funny because this is the build that made Sam like the the pre-made queue. Uh, <laughs> this is the one that he, turned him. Sam notoriously hates the pre-made queue, and then we went in there, me and him. He was on his uh, Magzork, and I was on this uh, build here, and he was just having the time of his life. He could not believe. Uh, just what a difference this build makes and and this build has always been great and quite honestly the gear has nothing to do with it i've had such wildly different gear setups on this uh character you know over the past couple of years um but her effectiveness has never changed at all and her bar setup yeah hasn't really changed much either the the real build is really just three abilities it's wall of frost remote totem and the intensive mender and I think as long as those three abilities are slotted, you can kind of do whatever you want and you're probably going to have a good time. It's probably going to be effective. I will say that your new build setup, though, now that you're throwing those debuffs on them, it, it really is. It does add a nice extra level for sure. Yeah. And that's what's nice about it is just the, the toolkit is so effective on its own that it's just kind of you can just kind of decide, OK, what do I want this build to do? You know, you're, you have a lot of freedom to choose there. Like I could be putting on a bunch of sets that give my team a bunch of buffs or, you know, a bunch of additional healing or whatever. Um, mm. But the the theme that I've always thought of for the, the Necromancer is she's all about defiling and, and weakening enemies. And that's her form of support. And she specializes in enemy suppression. Mm -hmm. uh, is her whole deal. Um, so applying all these debuffs, all that crowd control, the wall of frost is basically uh, immobilizing them on cooldown. The remote totem is uh, stunning them on cooldown. I just spam that everywhere we go. I just claim an entire piece of ground and really no one can hardly move. And the original purpose of this build, if you remember, was back during the, the Malakath, the 25% Malakath proc stacking meta. And when we were grouping up and and, uh, and doing some BGs, we were finding that we could not possibly survive an ult dump. Like if a team was yeah. coming at us out of the gate and they, and they, you know, dumped on us, there was just no possibility of surviving that. And no amount of heals in the world is going to do anything about it. Uh, the only hope for surviving that was to straight prevent it from happening. Uh, and so that's what this build originally was all about, um, is just breaking up those moments when they're charging at us. We, we break them up so they just can't do it. Um, and really, that's not so much a problem anymore. I mean, of course, people still try to ult dump, so it's still great to, to break that up. Um, but even when that's not happening, just have having so much control over the battlefield and like, this is my piece of ground. We are in control here. It makes such a massive difference. Uh, plus, the heals are so strong. I mean, yeah. the intensive mender we, we we've talked about it lots of times. It has mine has an 11k tooltip every two seconds. It's it's tossing out an 11k tooltip heal to to whoever needs it. I don't even have to be thinking about it as long as I'm just keeping it active. And of course, I have other heals as well going on, you know. But that's that's just such a clutch ability. If I'm not paying attention or if I run out of stamina and I'm stunned for a few seconds, as long as that mender's active, I'm really not sweating. You know, it's gonna it's probably gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that's despair. Uh, the I'm, I'm all, I think from now on I'm going to think of despair as the build that made Sam like the group. <laughs> that's what it is. It's the one that yeah. turned him. Uh, he's he's a big uh, he's a big group coup fan now. <laughs> I love it, and he's seriously been hounding me ever since. Like, dude, you're going to be logging on with your macro. <laughs> when are you logging on with despair? Yeah. Though? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll, like log on with my Templar, and he's like, "Oh, cool, Templar. How about what's how what's despair up to? What's um, can despair come out and play? <laughs> what's, or? what's going on with despair?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. it's cool. So I'm glad to have this back in the rotation. Although I am a little bummed because I I've been kind of hoping that this would be the patch that my um, Magden healer would be the superior support because. Really, as long as I've had this macro set up, it's always been my best healer. And my warden's great. She is a good healer, but she has never been as good as my magic and necromancer. I was thinking maybe this would be the time, but it's it's not. It's just not. Not there. Yeah. I mean, Despair is just a straight carry. I mean, her team <laughs> really is probably is, yeah. going to win. She's going to keep you alive, and she's going to make the other team much, much easier to deal with. And hold them in place for you. <laughs> She's abusive. Uh, the theme of the build, I, I'm going to have to bleep this out, but I'm going to say it. The theme of the build is f*** you. <laughs> That's the theme of the build. <laughs> I'll bleep it's it out. So, Don't worry. It's so true. It's yeah. so true, though. So we had a technical snafu last time, and it was a real oh, shame boy. because we had a great talk about, uh, Davius, your stamina dragon knight, Lord of Nords, one of, one of the the legendary characters that we talk about on this show on a regular basis. He's had some updates. I think he's in a really strong oh, yeah. place. Uh, Very good so place. We just got to go over it again, man. Yeah. A little deja vu. You know, we've always joked that the, uh, that right off the bat, the, uh, the devs have been against this character. His MMR has been <laughs> top of the line. Now they're cutting him out of the podcast. It's just <laughs> sabotaging you know, the podcast. They don't want the just, world to know. It's too much. It's too much sabotage against <laughs> old Lord of Nords himself. You know, he's, he's the, he's the king of my Nord characters. He's the one. Um, but yeah, so, um, <laughs> for the live listeners, maybe a little deja vu, but, uh, um, yeah, I want to talk Lord of Nords, just kind of go over the build. Um, it's five piece champion of the Hist, uh, two piece blood spawn, two piece trainee, uh, the Malakath band, um, and then the the new sweet spot is the uh, Black Rose dual wield on the front bar, mm-hmm. and then the Vatistran two-hander on the back bar. Um, and really what I want to di- dive into first is that it, that's the change, the most recent change to him is that Black Rose dual wield. Uh, he was running the Potentates um, to get the ult uh, reduction because, you know, Lord of Nords, Lord of Leapin himself. Uh, that's what he's all about, those leaps. But... Uh-huh. Um, the Black Rose dual wield, you know, I, I don't want to say an underrated uh, item just because no. I think everybody that knows it it's knows highly how great regarded. it is. Yeah, it's a great, highly it's regarded, great. but I feel like you just don't see enough of it for how good it is. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, um, I feel like its popularity has declined, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Blade Cloak, an, uh, already a fantastic ability. On its I, own. I keep, so good. Yeah. I keep Blade Cloak up at all times. It's That's a, what makes a, a good arena weapon, right? It's an arena weapon yes. arena weapon that buffs an ability that you're already exactly. happy to use. Exactly. Uh, couldn't couldn't say that better. Uh, so Blade Cloak's already fantastic ability. Um, already using it all the time. But to make that now give an additional 6% damage... Uh, while at the same time, a 6% damage reduction mm-hmm. um, is really just, just really, 
you know, the the, the scroll online itself, really taking the Lord of Nords to the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to be the title, right? Yeah, it's it got to be sweet spot. spot. <laughs> that's got to be the title now, right? Uh, no, but uh, and so that that additional six percent damage is, you know, we talked about this. It really kind of took, uh, you know, he he's one of the he's the last character I have that still uses Malakath. Um, but it's really that's extra six percent's kind of taken Malakath up to what it what it used to be, kind of the yeah. old school Malakath before the nerfs happened. Yeah, it's a good um, point. The Black Rose six percent stacking on top of the Malakath sixteen percent. You're what it that's twenty two, right? I'm yep, is my calculus right there. <laughs> there you, you have done the math right. Oh, I was, <laughs> Don't I was worry. Like the, the the meme woman looking at the floating math calculations. You know, like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Black Rose dual wield uh, has definitely taken the place of the potentates, and it's been a great change because it just gave him kind of that extra sauce of damage where he his damage numbers now are are very effective. Uh, he's usually you know the top one or two on the team in damage, depending you know depending on what team I'm on. But uh, he does great damage, um, and it's it's kind of done what I really love about Lord of Norns. You know he he's probably the most complete package build that I have on a character, just in the sense that he does good damage. Um, he's got a lot of, and, and, and the survivability on him is, is in a multitude of different uh, abilities that I can do it for. Uh, one being, you know, that black rose 6% damage reduction. Uh, you know, he run, he runs the flappy wings. Um, I, I, I use that blade cloak ability. Um, and then he also has the leap that gives him the damage shield. And so, He's yeah, Blade Cloak's so giving you a major evasion, very important. Major evasion, which is is so huge right now. 20% damage reduction to AoE abilities, which is just uh, a massive damage reduction for really AoE abilities that are happening all over the place. So many abilities out there. All of the abilities that kill you are AoE, basically. <laughs> exactly. Except for Nightblade gankers. There you go. Exactly. And even a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, and even, even a lot of those. Um, and so he, I, I really like that he's got a lot of different uh, tricks to, to keep himself alive. Um, uh, and, and like I said, and his damage is really good. And his one weakness, I would say, just like all my other characters, is that um, you know he struggles against range characters because he's got to get to them. Um, and, and yes, he does leap, Lord of Leap at himself. Um, and so, but the, the issue with that is that usually when I leap into a character, I'm, you know, you can get yourself in a lot of bad situations with leap. <laughs> Certainly, you can leap into some tough situations, and so you have to be—you know—you have to be careful to make sure you're not leaping into a full team and, and leaving yourself by yourself. Not but, Lord of North's um, strong suit. Being careful. No, he's not a careful <laughs> guy. Uh, and, and 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 speaking to that, uh, he's one of my favorite characters to do uh, group Q with, just because I know. Uh, usually I'm running with you. Usually I know that you're going to keep me alive to throw some pretty crazy heals so I can be a little crazy with him. You, you can get on that front line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's, he's tough to take down. Like I he said, is. he's got so many, he's got so many tricks up his sleeve. Uh, and I, I kind of really love that he's, he's that old school, uh, DK, uh, style where his, his strategy is really just to outlive you. Uh, and then, you know, once you kind of run out of resources or you get in that spot, uh, he can either finish with a spin to win or, or a leap and kind of finish out the uh, finish out the fight. But he, he really is just kind of all these these tricks to kind of outlive uh, the opponents and stay alive. And then he just looks for those opportune moments uh, yeah. and kind of get it finish the uh, finish the attack. You know, I, I've 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 declared him the the old Betsy status. 
Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> that's your stamp art. You know, listeners know that's your that is your perfect. I, I should say that's your perfect build, which is to to define that really that's your build that you're most comfortable with. Not perfect Certainly. in the sense that it's meta, but that's perfect your perfect me. build that is perfect for you. Yeah. Everything is in place. You're very comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, and you were saying before, because you compared, uh, like, Bone Pirate is my set that's, like, oh, yeah. not not necessarily a meta set at all, not even a popular set, but it's, like, probably my favorite set that I love to use. And Champion of the Hist is that set for you, right? That is the set for me. Champion of the Hist, uh, in my opinion, this is very biased, obviously, but one of the most underrated sets out there. It is a, it's very it is a fantastic set, two through five, uh, and you don't hear a lot about it, but... They, they made some changes. I say recently. I guess it's not that recent anymore. But, you know, I'm, I just want to run through the two through five real quick. The, the two piece is weapon and spell damage, which is always great. The three piece, max stamina. Four piece, max stamina. And then the five piece, 1600 max health and permanent minor heroism. Um, so what this set used to be is what it really first attracted to me, attracted me to it was the minor heroism. It used to always give you that buff. But then they just kind of slid in probably the best part of the whole set, the sixteen hundred max health. Yeah, um, and that's, that's the best part of the whole set. That's now. so it, that good. Is, it's fantastic stat stats. More than a one piece trainee. Exactly, uh, and so that five piece set is fantastic. Two lines of max stamina and the sixteen hundred max health. That one set kind of takes care of his stats for me. Uh, and that that one set is what allows me to kind of throw in all these different pieces of the other sets: the two piece trainee, the two piece bullet spawn, the Malakath band, the 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 black rose duel. You know, I'm running two arena weapons. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in that build. Yeah, and it's, a lot of stuff it's in there. It's this set that allows me to do it because this set's giving me such great stats that I can throw all these little tiny pieces uh, to make up the rest of the build. That kind of pulls the whole thing together. Uh, and really just just puts it in that great spot. It's it's not going to have the most kills, but it's really been a, a really exciting build. And and going back to the group queue, one of the great things about him in the group queue is he kind of tanks for the team. Uh, he kind of jumps in there, takes all the attention. Everybody kind of focuses on him a little bit, and it really kind of allows whoever's running with us to kind of go in and and uh, to deal the damage yeah. when he's kind of distracting everybody. And I think that's the job of a brawler, you know? Like, I think yeah. D- Dragon Knights aren't necessarily going into battlegrounds expecting to get all the kills and i think if you're thinking team-minded you're hoping you have a sork on your team so you can get in there on the front lines get those health bars low and then the sork can clean them up for you that's how it's supposed to work i think i i love seeing you you helped you know you helped kill that is one of the best things to see Mm -hmm. on lord of nords Mm -hmm. if we're group queuing because he's doing his job he's jumping in there he's staying alive uh you know and then keeping everybody distracted taking everybody's attention uh, and throwing damage, you know, he's throwing the damage out there. Certainly, um, but and, but surviving at the same time. And, that's uh, that's DK doing his job. High damage, high assists. That's that's you what go. you want to see. That's that's what it, that's what old Lord Norris is all about. Uh, plus, he is so much fun to play. You are just leaping all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a Nord. He's very he's brash. Two piece blood, two piece blood spawn. You know, he's got uh, the the hero, the minor heroism at all times. His ultimate is just going through the roof, and so he's leaping all over the place. He is a lot of fun. Cool, man. Is, is Audacity still rolling? <laughs> we officially have the Lord of Nords t- discussion on record this time. It's it's for real this time. I don't know and until no, you, until you upload it to Google Drive. I'm not going to start celebrating. <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't go that far. 
cool. Yeah, man. I'm I'm glad to see the Lord of Nords in such a good spot, man. We gotta we gotta get logged in and do some duos with that guy. I feel like I haven't played alongside that dude in too long. <laughs> it's been too long. I love seeing him like leap first into the action. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just he's just jumping up. Well, there he goes. I better Here catch up. Go. <laughs> gotta go save his butt. <laughs> oh, you know that uh, he's gonna he's gonna start the fights. He has no issues with that. Oh yeah, that's great. And he like looks like a he looks like a professional wrestler mixed with an <laughs> <Yes>. NFL player. <laughs> he's he's a great mascot for the goons. Well, let's let's just go with that. He's, he's a great mascot for yeah, the goons. Totally, totally. Well, I guess that's about all we had to talk about. Um, emails and shout outs. No emails this week, but we do have some shout outs. Uh, number one, gigantic shout out to Grizzly Khan because so we were hanging out the other day. He was in Discord, uh, in voice, and I, and we were both in game, and I was just asking his opinion should i god how do i even explain it i have these three pieces of gear that are that are golded <laughs> out and they have tri-stack glyphs on them but i needed to change the traits so i was like should i transmute them or should i uh save the transmutes and just make uh new gear but then i have to gold it out and put new tri-stats on there uh grizzly's like how much wax do you have and i was like four pieces <laughs> and he's like i just sent you the rest <laughs> he just sent me the rest of the drag wax that I needed to <laughs> to gold out a new you know gold out some new pieces. Old old Daddy Warbucks Grizzly yeah. Khan himself. I was just asking him what he thought I should do, you know, and he was like, "Here, just do it. Go ahead, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. do it." So gigantic shout That's out awesome. to Grizzly Khan. Thank you so much, dude. That was, that was baller move. And look at this, Doctor Professor letting us know. Shout out to Grizz. He he sent Doctor Professor some gold weapons. Just. Dishing out those Chris gold just, masks. He's the, he's the banker for the students, man. He's just That's my inspiration. I'm going to start he's doing just... my my writs again. I think here pretty soon. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, also another shout out to our good friends Uncle Sam, CPU scientist Vernzi, Brandon, and Crimson. Just a group of people that I've kind of been playing a lot with here lately. A bunch of really cool people. We've been hanging out in Discord and mm-hmm. uh, taking turns watching each other stream in Discord and playing pre-mades together, going to Imperial City, doing different things. Uh, really enjoying hanging out with those people. So shout out to you guys. Yeah. Dr. Professor for joining us in the uh, yeah. in the chat while we're recording here. Thank you so much, dude. It's great to have you here. It's good to have an audience. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Professor. Shout out. I got I to gotta throw the Dr. Professor shout out for he's got the 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 pc fully leveled character cp who knows what cp is at now but i know it's at least cp 160 yeah man right i mean he you you got in during this xp event so that that helped but he he hit it hard he got it he got his main character recreated on a whole new server like hats off to you man yeah he's good to go yeah cool Uh, we haven't grouped up yet though we got to do that sometime soon yeah we got to make it happen we have a guild. Uh, the guild is named Stoons Goons. It is the best <laughs> named guild on the PCNA server, and it is also the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you in there. Uh, also, if, you're, um, if your guild list is full... Honestly, I consider anyone who is in the Discord to be uh, a goon, a fully-fledged goon. <laughs> One day we'll have in-game stuff. It'll, <laughs> it'll be worth it one day. We we do lots of in-game stuff, but we, we mostly organize and communicate in the Discord. It's a lot of fun in there. So if you want to be in the Discord, also send us an email, scrollandpodcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, another 
perk to the Discord. So one thing you can do like Dr. Professor's doing, and when we record these episodes, you can sit in and chat uh, while we record, and it's a lot of fun, and we really enjoy that. Um, another thing that I've been doing recently uh, that I mentioned earlier is I've been using this um, streaming feature that's in Discord. And I tried my hand at streaming on Twitch a while back, and I concluded pretty quickly that it was not for me. I just It's just not... I don't have the right personality for it. But... In Discord, it is a completely different vibe because it's a, for one, it's just a smaller community of people. And a lot of time we're in voice chat together and Mm -hmm. it's not like you're sitting down for like an eight hour long streaming session or something, you know, like we're just playing like normal talking. And then like if my BGQ pops, I just hit the stream button really quick uh, and people can watch if they want. And then when the BG is over, I turn it off. You know, and and we just kind of take turns streaming for each other. And it's really a lot of fun. And a lot of times there will be like multiple people having their stream running at once. And you can just kind of flip through the channels. You know, it's like, oh, Davis is Q popped. Let me let me watch Davis while I'm waiting for my Q or, okay, Davis's match is over. Let me see what Uncle Sam's up to in Imperial City. And, you know, and you can kind of commentate on each other and talk while you're doing stuff. And I really like it. Um, Shout out to CPU scientist, uh, ultimate backseat gamer. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's that's probably my my favorite part about all this is his backseat gamer CPU scientist cracks me up. Oh, that, man, it's great. That dude can watch a stream and he will narrate for it. It is the greatest. And it's you, like, you've got to hop in just to listen to his his backseat gaming. It is wonderful. It is fantastic. And it's like his favorite thing to do. He he likes doing that more than <laughs> he playing. Likes that more than, he likes that more than playing. I've actually seen him play here recently in the past couple of days, but... I for a while I held out hope that he just actually didn't even own the game that he only backseat game that's his only access to ESOs that he he's never bought the game but he's only watched through other streams and that's just how he plays yeah now he's the one that really kind of got me into doing this streaming thing because every time like my cue would pop and be like oh time for a BG he'd be like dude hit that stream button I gotta see hit that stream and uh, it does it's fantastic yeah he's like he's commentating every step of the way and I really enjoy it. I, I like it because a lot of times, like, my attention is, like, really focused. Like, if I'm taking a lot of damage, I'm just super focused on keeping myself alive. And I'm probably not noticing a lot of stuff that's actually happening on the screen. And, you know, CPUs out there, like, pointing stuff out and, like, making sure I'm aware of certain things. And I feel like it's actually making me play better. Um, and yeah. it's entertaining I, he, and fun. He, and it's cool. Yeah. But he really does. He'll point out stuff that you may not notice. Oh, and yeah. It is extremely helpful. Oh, yeah. And like when I'm playing on my Magplar, I'll get like a plague break on me. He's like, oh, don't cleanse that. Your teammates are nearby, you know, and like my finger was about <laughs> to hit that cleanse button. But, yeah, know. I was about to hit that cleanse. <laughs> so it's awesome. It's cool. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, perks to joining the Discord. Plus, we just, you know, we chat in there all the time. We share memes. We have theorycraft discussions. And it's a really cool community. Mm-hmm. Some super chill people. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you, and you like the vibe that we're throwing out there, then you'll definitely dig the, uh, the Discord as well. Um, also, feel free to email us about anything else. Any suggestions for the show? Any questions? Uh, anything you'd like to hear us talk about? Tell us a joke. Say hello. Uh, ask us what we like to put on our sandwich. I don't know. Uh, scrolling podcast at <laughs> gmail.com uh, anything else to say before we go Davius? Uh I did want to bring up one last thing you know okay. as I mentioned both the characters I talked about uh, they're both running that back bar Vatistran two-hander um, one thing that we had talked about this week is that uh, is that I noticed that they they we can't figure out exactly when but they did do a buff on that uh, item uh, that is a pretty fantastic buff um I don't remember exactly the number was, but I know it was a hundred and something that 
essentially, whenever you use Rally, it uh, it kicks on a buff where whenever you use a stamina ability, it builds up your weapon damage. And that weapon damage used to cap out. Um, I think it was like 120. About, yeah. I want to say it, it was very minimal. Uh, and it used to be a really high attack, you know, AOE attack. And so what they've done is they've actually reduced the damage on the AOE attack. Uh, but they buff the amount of weapon damage, where it actually now is giving you 300 weapon damage when you yeah. get all those stacks. Master bow. Uh, That's a master bow. Is, yeah. It's a master bow, but it's applying it across the board. So your heals are getting it. You're, yeah. You're, you're, you're getting it against all characters, not just one focus character. Right. So, um, and I've always used that back bar. I actually have always used it more for the weapon damage than I have for the AOE attack. And That's so, really nice. Uh, it's a great change for me. And so I can't, I can't recommend enough to for people take a second look at that that back bar uh badge friend too andrew that is a really nice uh back bar setup for for uh for certain builds for sure yeah cool well i guess that brings us to the end of the episode thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time